I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. This morning I I did switch our uh, scriptures on us last second, so that's wrong in the bulletin. That's my fault. I apologize. Uh, but it's all good, and we'll be, we'll be fine, and it's actually a little bit of a shorter sermon, so y'all be happy with that. That's your reward for getting, you know, the, the, the scriptures flipped. So I start out with thinking and knowing that we all love uh, pictures, right? It's one of the reasons in our culture uh, things like Facebook and Instagram do really well because we love uh, viewing pictures, whether it's of ourselves or of our families or of other people. It allows us to feel connected to others when we aren't with them in person. It allows us to see a little bit about other people's lives. Uh, Pictures like this can inspire. This inspires me. If you can see right there, there's actually a man right there out on that rock. And uh, if this picture allows you to imagine yourself kind of there, and uh, this this, uh, reminds us of our own smallness and creation's bigness and God's bigness. It also kind of inspires me, uh, you know, to want to go hiking and to do uh, these fun things. This is actually, I googled pictures from Norway because I love Norway. It's a cool country. I haven't been there, but I want to go there. And this picture inspires me to go there. So that's the point. Um, Pictures do a lot. So this is a picture of me. Uh, Audience participation here. What does this picture tell you about me? You just want to shout it out, someone? Ping pong. Champion. There you go. So this was at my old church at St. Luke where I served previously. And we had a ping pong tournament and I won. So I say, well, I'm... So it tells you that I at least like ping pong and I'm mildly decent at ping pong. So, so that was really fun. So that te- gives you kind of an idea, a little insight into a little bit about who I am. But the problem with pictures is that they also can be a little bit deceiving, right? <laughs> so don't worry, I asked Pastor Chris if I could show this, and he said, it's fine, it's a good idea. It illustrates my point greatly, that sometimes pictures can be deceiving. If you're new, this is your first time, this is our lead pastor. I'm the assistant pastor, John, by the way. Um, and he doesn't have hair on the top of his head. This is just a wig, so we can get a wrong impression impression. Uh, from a picture sometimes. And sometimes that's the case with our pictures of God. Uh, we all grow up and, and we have different pictures of God handed down to us, whether it's by our, or the churches that we go to or the, the lack of church that we go to or by our family and what different people believe about 
God, but if we have wrong pictures or, or bad pictures of God, it, it affects the way we live. Our picture of God affects the way we live out our lives, whether we want to draw closer to uh, this God and to Jesus, or, or whether we run from God, whether we, if we have a picture of God as an absentee God, then, then we won't pay much attention to him, and, and we'll do our own thing, and it throws us off. One of my favorite stories uh, of ministry was working with a, a young woman who had come from a background, had grown up in a, a church where it was, it was more, uh, God was like this, this wrathful person that was out to get you uh, if you did anything wrong, and, and God would punish you whenever you did the slightest thing wrong, and, and she was not encouraged in her own personality and giftings, and, and she came into a different view of God, a God who wants to be in relationship with her and who, who loves her and forgave her when she messed up and she was not on the judgment seat all the time. And so often these, these wrong pictures of God creep into our lives. And so today, Jesus uh, gives us a picture of himself that he wants us to take in. And this is one of the great I am statements of Jesus in the Gospel of John. I am the good shepherd. And many different artists have, have painted uh, the good shepherd through the ages. And this is uh, just one of them. But it, it's a picture that I want us uh, to use, uh, an actual picture. Jesus gives us a word picture, same thing, similar to a parable, uh, of who he is. And this lets us, gives us insight into who God is and the way he wants us to relate to him. So with that, let's pray. Good shepherd, we come to you with different backgrounds and different ideas. We ask that your spirit would come and enlighten us now through the hearing of your word. We ask that you would give us ears to hear and hearts that are courageous to follow you where it is that you are leading us. We love you. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. So as we look at this, this word picture or analogy that Jesus gives us, I have four different points that I want to kind of pull out from our understanding of Jesus, the Good Shepherd. And my first point is this. The Good Shepherd is in charge. So if you, if you look at the picture, one of the things you'll notice is that all the sheep are looking to the shepherd. And their attention is on the shepherd as the one who takes the lead. So Jesus comes into this world and he doesn't say, well, I'm, I come as a sheep among you. I, I'm one, just one of you all. That's, that's all that I am. No, rather he says, I'm, I'm the good shepherd. Like, I'm in charge. There's, there's a power difference between the shepherd and the sheep, right? And I'm, I'm not a farmer like many of us here in, in, uh, in Danville, but I, I know that sheep are not intelligent creatures. They're not the ones uh, that take care of things. They, they need a good shepherd in the ancient Near East. They needed help finding pasture. They needed help finding water, and they needed help. Uh, it's mentioned a lot in, in the birthing process, and so the shepherd is the one in charge, and the sheep are not. And we don't, we don't necessarily like this power language uh, kind of in our modern day. We often want Jesus to kind of be our buddy or our pal. But Jesus never talks about himself like that. He never says, well, I'm your pal. 
he remains our Lord and our King, even if he is our Savior. And so Jesus is, is drawing on Old Testament uh, imagery here. All throughout the Old Testament, God is spoken of as a shepherd of the nation Israel, of his people. He is the shepherd, the good shepherd that cares for them, and he's in charge. Uh, a shepherd is also an analogy in the Old Testament that is used for kings as they rule their people. They are the, the shepherd of the nation. And so Jesus very clearly here with his I am statement is saying that I'm king, I am in charge. One of the Old Testament passages that is, is very well known for talking about uh, shepherds is Psalm 23. And you'll, this is just uh, verse 4 of it. And it says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And it's interesting because when you look at that, the rod and the staff are not instruments that are supposed to be, they're not comforting instruments. The shepherd would have a, a rod that was kind of like uh, a, a big mace or something that they would, they would hit I- I the enemies of the sheep away. If wolf or beast would come, they would use their staff and their rod to fight off. And so it says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not fear because you are with me. The rod and the staff was also used as disciplinary to get the sheep back in line. They are not weapons of comfort. It's not a, a soft bed. Or, or a couch. But what he's saying is, is you're in charge. And, and, and you fight the evil away from me. And you keep me back in line. And that actually comforts me. Because the good shepherd is in charge. And so my point number one is that the good shepherd is in charge. And, and all my points really follow from each other. But my second point is this. Uh, the good shepherd knows best. Again, we have a difference between a human and a sheep, right? And sheep aren't super smart. So a couple uh, weeks ago, I was able to take my nephew Edison. He's about two and a half. He's going to turn three in May, so he's almost three now, I guess. But we, we went to the Louisville Zoo with my family. My mom and my sister were with me, and we, uh, we had a great time at the zoo. It was good, and we spent the night in Louisville, actually. And then uh, the next morning, we were on our way back. And so we had this hour-long car ride in the morning uh, with my nephew, Edison, who's almost three. And so um, many of you all have done this much more than me in a car ride with a, a little two-year-old you know that very quickly Edison was getting kind of anxious and, and nervous, and, and maybe not nervous, but rambunctious, you know. He, he was getting excited and had some energy. And so in my head, I was in the back seat sitting next to Edison, and I said, okay, I got to come up with something to, to get Edison to focus on uh, so that this car ride will be uh, okay with him. You know, he doesn't go crazy um, with all of his energy. And so I'll, right away, I was like, okay. I'll so I pulled out my phone, and I decided to look on you. YouTube for, you know, children's music that is like, you know, Christian children's music, because, you know, I'm a pastor, so it's got to be Christian music. But anyways, um, so we're, we're back there, you know, this little light of mine and all these different songs. And, and as I was pulling out my phone, my sister and mom uh, made sure to tell me, they said, okay, that's great, but make sure that he doesn't watch, you, you can't show him any videos or watch anything, because if he sees anything, if he watches something, he'll throw up in the car. He gets car sick. 
So, so, and my sister said, yeah, last time I, I gave him, you know, my phone and he was watching, you know, Paw Patrol or something. And he, like, he threw up in the car, so you can't let him see anything. And I was like, okay, so I can just, you know, hold the phone. We can hear the music. We can sing together or whatnot, and it'll keep him focused on something. And so we were doing this, and it was interesting to note that over time, Edison, what he would do is he would get— uh, maybe annoyed at me, but he, he would reach over and he would grab for my phone. And he, and he would grab for my phone and he would try to get it. And, and it, what he wanted to was he wanted to, to see the video. And he said, I want to I, I see. I want to see. So he's hearing this music and he says, I want to see. And I'm like, buddy, I can't let you watch this because you're going you're gonna to throw up. And <laughs> you're going to throw up. And so, so I, I tell him this, but he continues to, to reach for the phone and to try to see. And it's so interesting because so often, I kind of, this is the way that our life with God is like, right? Like some think of God's constraints or laws in our lives are like constraining and, and we have all these desires that we want to go do. Um, but like Edison's desire to see his phone, that was not good for him. He would have thrown up all over the place. And so, so much of what God uh, we see as God's restrictions of our lives are, are really what is best for us. And, and God knows what ends up in, in life, in eternal life, and goodness, and love, and joy, and peace. And so often we have these desires uh, that are outside of his will, but they're not just out, it's not just because it's outside of God's will, but because it results in badness in our lives, and things where we would not want to be. And so the good shepherd knows best, right? That's point number two. Point number three is more than the good shepherd knows best, the good shepherd wants what's best for us. And this is sometimes hard, especially as we, the sheep, we don't see the full picture sometimes. It's, it's hard for us to realize that God wants what's best for us. And this follows from my last point. A couple of months ago, uh, I had uh, kind of an interesting experience. Uh, I was in a parking lot, and this uh, young woman came up to me, and she was, she was crying, and she had obviously been through a, a really difficult either argument with someone or something had gone on. And she came up to me, and she was like, can you help me? Can you please help me? And, and at first, I wasn't quite sure I was the right person to help her. Uh, but after kind of processing the situation, I was like, okay, I can help you. We can, we, can, we can work this out. And so as I was helping her, we were in conversation. I asked her, you know, where she went to high school. She had gone to Boyle County, and she was just a few years older than me. And then, you know, she asked me, well, how long have you been in Danville? I was like, well, I moved here back in, you know, August or October. And uh, so I'm new, and I'm, you know, one of the assistant pastors up at, at Centenary. She was like, oh, cool. And so as a pastor, one of the easy questions to ask someone, especially, you know, in rural Kentucky, is, well, uh, did you grow up going to church? Because normally folks, even if they don't go to church, they probably grew up uh, going to church. So I asked her, well, did you grow up going to church? And she said, no, I, I haven't. I didn't grow up going to church. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, this woman has very little probably little experience of God and understanding of God, and, and I don't know what her picture of God might be, so I need to do a good job of loving her and caring for her. And so 
as I was going on, again, she had been in this argument, so I knew she wasn't at a very great place in her life. And then she also at one point had called uh, like her home, and there was a, a heated exchange there, and it was not very good. And I don't know what situation she was in her life, but I knew it wasn't a very good situation. I don't know. It seemed like there, there might have been some abusive uh, relationship going on, whether it was emotional or, or whatever. But it, it wasn't a very good place. And so as I was leaving, I was thinking about what, what can I say to this woman to, to help her know that she's loved. So I, I gave her my card and I said, hey, here's, um, here's my card. Call me just if you need anything, if you need help, or if you just want to talk about God or whatever. Like, I didn't really know what to say. And so I said, well, well just know that God loves you. And as I was reflecting on that moment, I realized later that what I really wanted to say, saying God loves you is good, but but what I really wanted to say is God wants what's best for you. God wants what's best for you, and he doesn't want uh, these bad things that we get into in our lives. So often uh, we fall in the trouble, and and whether it's because we've gone off on our own away from God, and and we've, the choices we've made have gotten us there, or whether it's uh, what other people have done to us, or the way the world has treated us, or or people have uh, treated us poorly, or or sometimes, and most of the time, it's a combination of both of those. The Good Shepherd wants what's best for us in our life, and sometimes it's hard to trust Him. But as we trust him with that, we realize that we really don't know how to best run our lives, perhaps, and that perhaps God knows better. One of my favorite quotes is from uh, Thomas Merton. He was a monk who actually lived in Kentucky, and uh, he says this, uh, we ought to have the humility to admit that we do not know all about ourselves, that we are not experts at running our own lives, It may well be uh, that we are not whatever great people we have imagined ourselves to be. Our subconscious mind may be trying to tell us this in many ways, and we have trained ourselves with the most egregious self-righteousness to turn a deaf ear. And I love that. We, We just ought to have the humility in our life to admit that we don't know everything about ourselves, let alone the world around us, right? And that we are not experts at running our own lives. You know, I work with uh, college students and young adults, and uh, one of the things I try to remind them is that kind of the myth of adulthood that is that you'll reach a point in your life where you got everything figured out and, you know, it's all good. Um, and while there is a point where you, you grow and you mature and, you know, you can handle different responsibilities, and, and that is part of life, I, I feel like most of us are, are just trying to do the best that we can, and we're, we're trying to get by, and we are not necessarily experts at running our lives. But the Good Shepherd wants what's best for us. And so maybe we ought to try to trust him a little more with that. Point number four, the Good Shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. When Jesus describes the relationship that he has with the sheep, he says, I'm the Good Shepherd I know my sheep and my sheep know me, this intimate relationship. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. So as uh, Jesus is saying, I'm God and I know the Father and, and we have this intimate relationship. Just as our relationship is intimate, so I want to be intimate 
with you. And I want to invite you into this incredible relationship that's at the heart of the Trinity. And he says, and I lay down my life for the sheep. No one takes it from me. I do of it of my own accord. In our verse from 1 John this morning, John says, We know love by this, that he laid his life down for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for one another. So when Jesus comes and when he invites us into relationship, he doesn't come saying, well, I'm the king and and you have to bow down to me. He doesn't force us into submission. He doesn't come, on his earthly life, he doesn't come and take political power and reform society and say, you all have to live like this. Rather, that was one of the temptations of the devil, of Jesus in the wilderness. But rather, Jesus goes to the cross. And his way of inviting us into relationship with him is showing us how much he loves us by dying for us, by laying his life down for the sheep. And yes, sometimes it's hard to trust God with our lives, but it's good to remind ourselves that he laid down his life for us. If you see in the picture, I don't know if you can see it from there, but there are four holes in his hands and in his feet that remind us of the crucifixion of Christ and the fact that he has died for us. And this is love, that he laid down his life for us. And so we ought to love one another and lay our lives down for others. So I have a couple of questions to close this out, to wrap us up. The first one, do we know the good shepherd? Do we know the good shepherd? Jesus says, I know my sheep and they know me. Do we know him well enough to listen to his voice? Have have we gotten into scripture to know the words of Jesus? Have we spent time with him in prayer such that we we can hear his voice and we can recognize the difference between his voice and our own anxiety or the world's thoughts in our heads? And and when it says they listen to me, it implies obedience as well. Do we listen to God and do we obey? Because he's the one in charge. He knows best. And he loves us deeply, right? A couple more questions. One, how is your picture of God compared to this? Is there anything that you think of when you think of God that's different? than the picture of God that Jesus gives us. And then lastly, how is God inviting you to trust him more deeply today? He is the good shepherd. He knows what's best and he wants what's best for us. Let's trust him and give him our life. Would you pray with me? Good shepherd, Sometimes it's hard to trust you. Sometimes we falter. But we thank you that you are faithful. That every time that we fail, you invite us back into an intimate, loving relationship with you and with the Holy Spirit and with your Father. We praise you. Give us what we need today 
to trust you more. It's in your name we pray. Amen.